Thank you, guys. Okay, see you guys in a little bit. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Best to Greg. Okay, thanks. There's, hey, Steve. Hi, Mike. Rob Farr. Hi, Anne. You're right. I'll join on the right video. Hang on. I'll tell you what, that, that, that photo is, it throws me every time. Um. Kurt Zim Zimmerman, howdy. How's it going there? Real good. Real good. How's things with you? Good. 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 I keep meaning to send you a text. Yeah, we should talk. We haven't talked in a little while. Yeah, I wanted to ask you for a couple things that, that came on my radar. Something, something from the Native American um, thing. And then uh, your sponsor quoted this... Uh, meditation that he attributed to uh don prince yeah the secret garden i can't find it anywhere <laughs> it's in a you know it's in a talk he did you know the great fact group yeah that he did a talk on the 11th step um and he talks about it yeah that's you mean you mean the sunlight of the spirit was it sunlight of the spirit or was yeah, it? It's, yeah, because Don hasn't been on um, Great Facts yet. That's on oh. my list too. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> One day. Well, you know, I, I remember, yeah, maybe it was sunlight of the spirit. Yeah, it was sunlight of the spirit because that's where I heard him. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's a great, he's great with story, you know, with, um stories and you know but that was something pritz gave him you know yeah i just i want a copy of it i'm just yeah. gonna have to re-listen to that that recording and uh um and and write and try and type it yeah 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 i was looking for the easier softer way <laughs> <laughs> hey mickey Hi, Paul. Hi, Kurt. Hey, Hi. Leah, Vicky, and Michael. Is our, Hello. Rob, Michael. Hey, guys. You're all right. Hi, Kurt. Hey, hey. Paul. There's Leah. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. How's tricks today, Paul? Yeah. I said, how's tricks? <laughs> the dog. <laughs> it could be. She I don't know where she is. She's out. She's in this. She she takes she took over the main part of the house. I'm in the closet area. Ah. When she wants something to chew, I just stick my arm out. Choose it a little. <laughs> Better than the furniture, right? Mm. Isn't that funny? Mm hmm. 
letter to you, but not the furniture. Isn't that isn't that just ridiculous? Our value system is a little off, I'd say. Yep, it's shifted. I mean, those little things tell you more than reading about self. That's true. That that is just very true. Where where its value lies, it definitely doesn't lie in you as a body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give a shit what happens to you, in a way. And when a push comes to shove, it would rather save that cup of coffee than you going over the cliff. Yeah. Pretty strange. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you, we live under an assumptions, thousands of them. But when you really see it, it when the emperor has no clothes and you see... Uh, it's value system. You're not up there. <laughs> You're not highly started <laughs> by what's using you. What's using you doesn't hold you in high regard. Not at all. It's funny. I always noticed that, seriously, when I would be riding and I'd go off the road, I would take the blow and save the bike. Yeah. Yep. I mean... Anything that happens to the bike, I'll die, but at least the bike will still be intact. That's insane. Isn't that in beer? It that's insane. You know, that's great. I mean, you could talk for hours, and if you could just see a video of yourself in that event, it would tell you more than your intense investigation yapping about yourself. Really? I mean, I saw it early on. I remember we had a little cellar. It was my little opium den underneath my mother's bedroom where we lived, where I used to sell drugs from and shit. And we were, me and a couple of characters were planning a trip to the city, New York City, to see a Rod Stewart concert, yeah? Before he became whatever he is now, but yeah. So we are... Uh, we were planning the, the little the little odyssey, and we all d- did some acid, you know. We took some LSD, and uh, I was sitting there, you know, tripping, and my head just told me, why don't you take about seven downs, yeah, while on the acid? Like, and then it came up to, it came to me, what's the biggest instinct, supposedly, is self-preservation, yeah? But self may have been preserving itself, but it definitely didn't give a shit about preserving me. Yeah. It wanted me to take seven downs on LSD and then go to the city. That wasn't going to go well. Yeah. And this is just not, this wasn't uh, unusual. It was just noticed. Yeah. I noticed its intent. Yeah, and it, it made me sort of suspicious. It did. I started thinking, well, they've been telling me in school all these years, self-preservation is the big strongest instinct of any creature. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it. what I'm calling me, it doesn't seem to want to preserve. It wants to pre- preserve itself. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So I think the evidence is all there. It's just having the eyes to see it occasionally. And then also making note of it. 
because it's so easy to get rolled over by the narrative, yeah? I mean, it forgets miracles, like, so quickly. Uh, you know, and people will have, like, great relief, and yet they bitch about it's not stabilized, yeah? So it's always, it's, it's the way it looks is, is there. You can notice it. It's got a very myopic view. And basically, if it thinks something's going to go wrong, it believes it, like, completely. If everything's going well, it's totally suspicious of it lasting. Yeah, How can you live with that? It's like being a, an orchestra, and that's the conductor. How can you live with that conducting? Yeah, We need a new employer. We need a new conductor. I mean, we are all the horns. We're the whole orchestra. And look at what it's playing mostly every day. Yeah, really. It's like, com it's playing like commercial jingles to reinforce the idea of self. Instead of going off like on the Ode to Joy, Beethoven's, it goes off on like just a fucking commercial. You know, you're not going to get what you want because someone has it. Fuck those others. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And we're listening all day without any other option, seemingly, other than to try to get out of it. And it has that completely covered because self can't get out of self. So unbeknownst to us, we're in the identification as self, wanting to get out of the objectification of self. Yeah, that's the whole point of duality, subject-object, not, not that, yeah? The selfing plays the object and the subject. It does. It talks to you as, as the former object, now being the subject, reviewing the object's life. It's, it's totally bondage of self. Oh. I mean, I feel relief from it gives us a possibility to see it, you know, to see it for what it isn't and to see it for what it is. I do. You can't see it in the blizzard, yeah? You can't. You're just basically a trusting a process because everything else you've trusted hasn't worked. So you're in the program of recovery and you're basically going to trust this process because you're totally... You know, it has failed us, yeah, this GPS. We've relied on something that's unreliable. Yeah. And so we're, hopefully, we're, you know, we're in that state of malleability where we can, you know, listen to something else and maybe take suggestions that would be contrary to the system we, we've been relying on, yeah? And, and it's so funny that those suggestions that don't fit into the mental logic are what work, yeah? And we start to get relief. And uh, relief is the biggest convincer, really, that you're on to something. And can you imagine, and it's true, and it's possible, that relief that seems infrequent, but it does show up, becomes a new norm after a while. Yeah, you've been placed in a new condition, yeah, with no effort or thought on our part. 
the problem will not exist for you. Unbelievable solution. Huh? And I really believe the root of the problem is it exists as us, seemingly. It's not true, but that's the story it feeds us all day. We never have the option of getting into self or not getting into self. We start as self. <laughs> so we are already penalized. We're in the penalty box already. We're in self. And then there's options of trying to get in and out of self. <laughs> but the, it's always self getting out and self getting in. I mean, what the hell? So on a bigger picture, you're completely in. And on this little drama of the day, you're thinking you're going in and out, in and out, in and out, yeah? When I'm loaded, I get, shoot that Coke, I'm out. And then when the cops knock on the door, I'm in. <laughs> then it's in, 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 in. Then when I get bailed out, I want to get out. So I shoot Coke right in the parking lot of the police station that my codependent girlfriend brought in cigar tins, two syringes, I shoot them up, and now I'm out of self. Then the next day, I get a warrant out for my arrest, and I'm back in self. It's incredible. All the while, being the self that's in and out, yeah? How can we... So, if we're having a good winning streak, you know, streak, we're out of self more than in self. But basically... That contrast isn't too much when you're completely in self. Yeah. So you can have a run of being out of self in the context of being in self, but that run is going to end. And then you're going to be back in self again. And if you ever really weighed the amount of time you're in self and out of self, it's the payoff cost ratio isn't that good. Very rarely do you get the payoff, and usually you're, it's costing you quite a lot, yeah? And, and the deal gets worse as it goes on. It, it doesn't, you know, I've very rarely seen people at the end of their addiction being on a winning streak, yeah? They usually, everything's dried up. They don't have any money. They have no way to get money. Uh... They're drinking anything they can get their hands on because they can't, they just have a, such a strong belief they can't, they won't withstand being conscious for one second because then all that shame and guilt will catch up to them. So they're drinking shit they hate and sleeping with someone they don't like and fucking, you know, kissing ass to get a little fucking crumb here or there. It's completely prostituted under the slavery of self, yeah. Mm. I mean, people like us shouldn't be able to know the difference. We should. Because we sure know what it's like to be, quote-unquote, in the bondage of self. My dog's going crazy. Not my dog, the dog. In the bondage of self, I mean, I, ho I, I hope we'd be able to recognize being out of the bondage of self. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, we've got the contrast. If we're really basically living in a black and white tape, 
we have a pretty contrast of black and white. Yeah. Hold on a second, all right? Hey, honey. Well, honey. Welcome, everyone. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Zen Bitch Lap. Uh, Paul's, uh, Paul Hederman's. All AA, right. Uh, this is not an AA meeting. Uh, it's one of the members' takes on the exact nature of the wrong, page 64 of the AA Big Book, and the solution to the 12 steps. Uh, this is being recorded. It is being streamed live on Facebook. This is not an all-share meeting. Rather, it is a question and answer for Paul's take on the 12 steps. For details on all Paul's events, his story under arrest, books, t-shirts, past events, uh, past event. Uh, Paul, would you like to start with the reading or do you want to keep riffing? Uh, no, reading's fine. I, I had a preemptive riff came over me. Yeah. Oh, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely relate. Um, sorry. Uh, so the reading that I chose was page 567, the spiritual experience, um, the second paragraph, starting at the second paragraph. Yeah. All right. Yep. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our interaction or our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though, if, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought. About. He froze, about by himself alone. Yes. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished in years of self-discipline. With few exemption, exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Absolutely. Uh, well, there's a lot there, obviously, again. So, of course, because of the head's predilection, it's always looking to sort of disqualify itself. So it, it sees someone share like a burning bush moment, and then it looks on its life and says, I haven't had one, so therefore I don't have that whatever possibility. Of course, then it was corrected, hopefully, by people sharing that, yes, this experience happened, but it's not the only uh, demonstration of recovery. Yeah, 
Yeah, it can be because basically what it said here about the uh, the God consciousness, you already have that. You are that, yeah? It's not that it's not that, that event caused that. That caused the event. Yeah. So that that God consciousness is always readily available at all times, right where we are. <laughs> so uh, let me see if I can find it again. Yeah. Uh, here. And then this, the idea, this always used to get me. Why is it being so obsessed with ourselves, we don't recognize when it changes? Yeah. Other people have to tell us things are going well. Are we that out to lunch? Yeah, we are. <laughs> when the idea of self change in us changes in us, we very rarely notice it. Yeah? When outside circumstances and other people change, we notice it completely. But we don't notice when self is changing. Yeah? When that that parasite starts being affected by the program, we have no fucking clue usually because it keeps the host out to lunch. Yeah? It doesn't want the host to know there's new possibilities. So we usually have to hear it from people who have been observing us in a clearer light than we're, we've been observing ourselves. And they can see that something has happened to us before we see it. Why? Why is that? Being so obsessed with ourselves, I would imagine you would tell if your temperature went half a degree difference. Yeah? But in fact, we, we don't have any idea because there's something blocking information from us. Yeah? We want to we give it the term self, but there's something that's vying for our life, yeah, while we're living. So that's what I feel it's talking about. So here. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. Why is that? Because self can't deliver the goods. Self can't get out of self. Yeah? If there's discipline and it's self-claiming to be the one who's doing the discipline or giving the discipline, that self-discipline is just going to further a bondage of self. Yeah? But we're in a program which is, a, there's a reliance on something greater than self. We're not relying on self to, to direct and promote these changes. We've surrendered to the fact that we can't. Yeah? We can't do it. And in that admittance, something happens that it would seem would take years to produce, is produced very, very quickly. Yeah? I don't know how many hints we need to get that there's something afoot. Uh, there's something that's dragging its feet through our process of progress and recovery. And that which is dragging our feet is part and parcel of the problem. It isn't us. Yes? So when we, when self shares an opinion as if it's ours, that, oh, fucking AA sucks, 
you've got to realize it's not you talking. It's a disease. Yeah? It's like when you take the dog to the vet, and then the dog realizes it's going to the vet. There's a huge resistance going to the vet. <laughs> the dog doesn't want to go. Yeah? In a way, the dog, a.k.a. self, doesn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's happy with the condition you're living under because it's the dominant influence. It doesn't want you to get better. <laughs> it wants you to take eight downs while you're on an acid trip. It does. It wants you to jump off the cliff to save the $500 bike. <laughs> <laughs> it wants you to tumble out the window, not to spill your coffee. Because it doesn't really value us. It uses us as transportation. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't give a shit. Yeah? I mean, I shot up some heavy doses of drugs with absolutely... And it was only because the person who was pushing the plunger in realized I was going to die if I got what I wanted, which wasn't what I wanted, and didn't push the whole thing in. Yeah, that's the only thing that saved me. It wasn't me. I was totally under the command and control of self. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it was my religion. I listened to it as if it was the, the Greek oracle. Yeah. I try to embellish it so that maybe you can see it because it can really kill us in the drip, drip, drip of an ordinary day. But sometimes you want to paint with some flair so that something can be noticed. Yeah. And the bondage of self isn't always, you know, the drama of taking a shit in an alley and then forgetting the pants and the underwear and now you're driving your car totally blown out. This isn't me, by the way. I just heard this story. And then you don't have anything. It would be perfect for a Zoom, but not out there. You don't have any pants or anything on and you're fucking driving around and the wallet was in the pants and you obviously it doesn't go well. Yeah. You end up in the hospital, they don't know who the hell you are, you don't know who the hell you are, you don't know the alley where the pants is. Yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? She, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the one I heard yesterday. I could tell you one I heard a couple of days ago. It's basically the same old, same old. Yeah? It's like the script has been lived by many of us. But the script is pretty much a basic, uh, it's like a bare-bones script for a syndicated show. We've all lived through it before, <laughs> before, you know? Maybe the locale has changed, the names have changed, but it's basically the same show. <laughs> Doesn't that lend the idea that something must have taken all of us over to produce the very similar results we all get. Yeah. How could someone from Wichita, Kansas, have the same feelings from a guy from the Bronx, New York? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't care about the differences. 
yeah, is strung together by the similarities. We're all listening to a failed system, leading us to fuck it. And it so easily has been, it's compelled actions for so many years, we're just going to follow its fucking dance steps. And we're going to do something stupid. Yeah, we're going to have guilt and remorse. We're going to feel, I know AA, I don't want to go back there. And the funniest thing is, I know so, so many people that hate AA, and then they drink, and they inevitably have to go back to AA. Because <laughs> nothing else works. It's fucking, it's crazy. <laughs> so here we are. Everyone seems to have a place, at least to do a Zoom. Some have nice couches. They probably have some coffee cups in the, in the cabinet behind them. They probably have eaten some food or they're going to eat some food. You know, all of these effects have been produced by sobriety. Yeah. And now we can entertain some other ideas because of what sobriety has given us. Yeah. A daily reprieve from this fucking eternal itch or a finite itch, really. Yeah. So let's make the most of it. And let's open up to see what the exact nature of the wrong is while we're not in the exact nature of the wrong. Because you're not going to see it when you're in it. <laughs> you're not. You'll get, you're going to keep calling it you. Yeah, that's the exact nature of the wrong. The act of being identified as what you're not. So now that we're not in that condition, let's take a look and see. See if it's true or not for you. Yeah. If you want verification of the idea from the big book, go to page 64, the third paragraph, read it. Yeah. You tell me what it means. You tell me if it doesn't separate us from self. And you tell me if it doesn't suggest that we look at self's manifestations through the inventory process, not our manifestations. Yeah. If, it's, if I've made a mistake, correct me. But if I haven't, maybe follow that suggestion. Are you, or are you right now being convinced that self is what has defeated us? And if you are, let's do a little inventory and look at self's manifestations and then weigh what it feels like when I weigh a resentment with my resentment, yeah? And weigh anxiety with my fear, because usually we're calling anxiety fear, which it isn't. It isn't. <clears throat> Our reaction is fearful, but it isn't fear, it's anxiety. It's mental anxiety, yeah? Your elbow cannot think about next week. It doesn't have that ability, yes? So it's mental anxiety. And harming done to others in the pursuit of what we want. When I was out there, I wanted so much and I was willing to do almost anything to get it. Yeah, all right, let's look at self's role in that. Yeah, because I don't seem to be doing it now. So let's look at self's role instead of our role. I mean, how many hours on the phones have you you know, talked about your role, your role. How many hours have you talked about self's role? Very, 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 very little. Yeah? It's always about us. Us, us, us. Yet, the real root of the problem is about self. Not us. But we must have mixed it up. Yeah? 
Some of us think we're self. And that's how it defeats us. Yeah. It manifests through the opportunity we give it and those manifestations defeat us in this life. We live with the resentment, let's say, for 40 years because we're calling it mine. Yeah. We live with constant, the feeling of, of fear based on our faith in the mental thought system that's producing anxiety for about next week or, or an hour from now or a year from now. Yes? We constantly are referred back to the past. Yeah. And we want to get out of it. Who wouldn't? But that's its greatest drive. That's its greatest trap, is you attempting to get out of it as it. That how it that's how it really, really has us. Because we want to get out of self as self. So here, maybe that's not happening now. Maybe we can see it. Because what we are is before all this. It always was and will be and is before it. We do not start at the point where self starts. We're before it. We are awareness, you want to call it it, consciousness, onness, I amness, whatever. But we are before all of these shenanigans. Yeah? Which gives us an incredible possibility. We can see what we're not from what we are. We can. That is the spiritual awakening, really. We wake up to life at the point of spirit, not from the point of self. That's the spiritual awakening. You wake up to life and you see life from spirit and seeing life from self. Yeah. And when you see life at spirit, you'll see the activity of selfing. You will. From spirit. Yeah. And something's going to get across to us sooner or later. Hey, what's seeing all this fucking activity that keeps implying it's me? I must be that which is seeing all this activity that keeps implying it's me. Yeah? Or how else am I seeing it? If I was self, I wouldn't see it. I'd see everything else from self. Yeah. And if I see selfing, I may I must not be self. Yeah. If I see the activity of selfing, I must be another activity. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. What is that? I would say that spirit or the innermost or the unsuspected resource, all those ways they try to put it. But there is, there is a fact that's going on unnoticed by the assumed fact that we're a self. Yeah. So. It's just allowed a lot of relief in this life. And that's, I would say, is the main motivator for sharing about it. Because it hasn't won me tons of friends in a lot of ways. 
<laughs> the exact nature of the wrong can be too controversial. <laughs> to be entertained as self, not relieved from self. <laughs> I'm so happy I get the chance, really. I really would probably be a fucking wreck if I didn't, wasn't allowed to share. <laughs> for putting up with me really it's uh it's a great relief hmm. there can be a hiding of what a lot of what you see but there's certain things that won't be can't be hidden when you see it yeah it just can't <laughs> All right, Ann, or whoever, Jacob. Thanks, Paul. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so if you guys have any questions for Paul, please raise your hand. We have one question right now from Eric in Toronto. Eric, I'm asking you to unmute. Here's Eric. Eric uh, couldn't unmute, I guess. Unmute. There you go. Hey, there we go. Hey, Paul. Yes. Um, I was... Uh... We can't see you, though, but that's all right. I think we lost them again. Well, Jacob, move on to someone else. We'll, you can hear I, me. Can you guys hear me yeah, or no? I for a second there. Yeah. Hey, no, I was just saying, like, I, I, I'm finding when I'm when I'm sleeping, the selfing isn't really happening. It's only when I, I obviously open my eyes and, you know, I, I start hearing the voices and the self, you know, coming at me from every different different angle. Um, is it at rest when I'm sleeping, like? Well, obviously it is for you, so spend a lot of time sleeping. <laughs> it's sleep but I'd like, I'd like it to be sleeping when I'm awake. Hi, of course, but that's what's really asleep, is that which wants it to be available when you're awake. Uh -huh. cool. A lot of things just nonchalantly appear and they imply they're us, but they're not. You can see it. You can question it, yeah? Question Eric a little. 
Because the name of Eric, it's like a, a brand that goes on a lot of products. You know, remember? There'd be a guy like St. Laurent, and then there was like toothpaste by East St. Laurent, or fucking toilet bowl covers by East St. Laurent. It's like the name is lent to a lot of fucking products that East St. Laurent had nothing to do with, yeah? So, in a way, a lot of stuff comes up in our head, and it's all under the under the uh, the emblem of Eric, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's just nice to take a look at it. Supposedly, in deep sleep, uh, obviously there's nothing there, yet something continues. So I would say we're that nothing there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then. Uh, you wake up and you seemingly there's a story when you wake up that you were dreaming <laughs> there was no you there but you were dreaming and then you live as if the the awake dream is not a dream that it's real yeah but basically if you didn't wake up from the dream at night that would be what you call today <laughs> recognition that something was a dream is much more infrequent because it seems to have more time and it can and it has a continuum so it has a, a we give it a reality that it doesn't deserve so it's sort of like the same thing at night the day is a dreaming isn't it I mean, it's dreaming. You wake up and then all day there's meaning given to everything through us. <laughs> I would say that's dreaming. So in AA, we have some examples of a huge contrast where someone comes in and, and is very, very sure of what the worst day of their whole life was. Maybe they've been worshiping at it for 12 years it gives them a lot of excuses for not doing things they feel like they should have done and then they come in and in about a year or a few months of being in AA they have a revelation that it's the best thing that ever happened to them uh what was it was it the worst thing and now is the best thing no it's just what it's the meaning we give it yeah so when we change the meanings we give things change yeah when outside things change, doesn't necessarily change the meaning of us, yeah? But when we change, then the meaning changes to the outside. That's the horse in front of the cart, yeah? This is the cart in front of the horse. It's nice to have it, you know, corrected. <laughs> Notice, uh... <laughs> Notice what's happening here. <laughs> so yeah well it's a great relief that's why you know being the center of the universe it's funny that we're such an important player that we're out to lunch one third of the day we're asleep usually for eight hours of the 24 hours and everything continues on it seems like we're quite unnecessary really but (laughs) so we get a one third of the day we're out to lunch we're sleeping 
And then the other days were the most important thing that ever happened. The other hours. <laughs> uh, just keep coming back, Eric, if you like. It's all working. Have Trust me. I know this message. I know how it goes. You've been served the spiritual subpoena. Yeah. You're going to go to the court of light. And in that court of light, a lot of the convictions in the court of the head are going to be annulled and voided. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be relieved of the bondage of self for sure. Hallelujah. I've witnessed it thousands of times, sharing the message with people. Yeah, yeah. So enjoy the sleep. It's awesome. Yeah, and then wake up and see when you wake up, something else wakes up that says it's you all day. <laughs> And yet it's not. I mean, it's the greatest relief. The greatest relief is not that you're not self. It get, brings relief to the, the trials and tribulations of being in self and trying to get out of self, being in self, get out of self. You lose interest in that whole thing because you're not that, yeah? You travel lighter. The interest and attention that we may not know of has been has been distributed by the head quite a lot. And all of the distribution, the interest and attention gets pulled back and it's redistributed by the new employer. It is. You lose interest in self and you gain interest in others. That's one of the new distributions of attention and interest. Yeah? You enjoy peace of mind. That's another redistribution of interest and attention. Yeah. We're experiencing it all day. The change of the God, the changing of the gods. And I mean G-O-D, the changing of the gods. Yeah. We're with this. We're watching it. Yeah. We realize self trying to lose interest in self is more interest in self. We've realized that. So self can't get out of self, so we do other things that bring about the result we were looking for, which is we find ourselves that we've lost interest in self and we've gained interest in others. Yeah? We didn't, we didn't go, we didn't drive to get there. We arrived there. Something did it to us. Yeah? That's an effect that something has brought about. And then we we reflect on that effect and we share it. Hey, I've lost interest in me and I've gained interest in others, yeah? And now instead of being the source and the cause, we see that we're more of an effect. I wish we could apply it to the past God and the past employer. We're very good at giving all gratitude to the higher power for what's happening why not you know recognize the lower power was doing all the other shit 
Yeah, we're seeing the higher power doing all the good shit now. Why can't we see? But we keep claiming we did all the bad shit before. <laughs> Why not apply the same uh, honoring of the source of the of the the good and the source of let's say the bad? I think we're good at. Uh, showing great honor and gratitude this for the source of the good but we're a little fuzzy about who did the other shit yeah i still think we're still living under the guilt and shame of being the doer of shit we had nothing fucking to do with yeah you're not gonna tell me i chose to get on that rug to look for cocaine thinking pieces of lint was you know and actually trying to shoot it up <laughs> that, that, that was that didn't seem to be like a uh an act of volition in my in my experience yeah it seemed like something took me to that point yeah and that something was driving me and it wasn't me and it isn't me yeah yeah What is it that we pray for? We don't pray for freedom from alcohol. We pray for relieve us of the bondage of self. That's the root of the dilemma. Yeah, is the bondage of self. What? How is the? How does the bondage of self occur? And how? What sustains it? Yeah. Why is? Why do you believe the mental state obsesses over shit so much? It does that to reinforce the bondage of self, the identification as self. The obsession has a purpose, to reinforce the identification. Yeah? Sometimes we seem to obsess over inane shit because there's a purpose to the obsession. It doesn't matter what it's obsessing over, it's who is the obsessor. That's what it's reinforcing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can obsess over a delivery from Amazon like you used to obsess over is your dealer at home. You know, <laughs> the obsessions continue and they're reinforcing the one, the imaginary one. Yes. Because the imaginary one doesn't have any legs to stand on. It has to constantly be reinforced by the mental activity. And it does. Yes? It's fucking never take, it doesn't take a lunch break. It's constantly reinforcing this freaking idea. Now, what we are doesn't need any reinforcement. It's readily, obviously available right now. Yeah? Call it awareness, call it being on. Yeah, when I look out this window, I'm seeing a whole lot of shit I'm not choosing to see. If it's there, I see it. Yeah? And if I look this way, I see something else. I don't say, I choose to see that ivy. No, the ivy's there. <laughs> the seeing's there. Yeah? So the idea of Paul comes after. I don't, how can you... Paul is a manufactured point. Yeah. Would you want to die for it? Shit. 
and it doesn't even have your best interest at heart. It's an, it's insane. Yeah. It's like sometimes you hear this stuff in the news. People get ripped off constantly, but they still love the person that's ripping them off. It sort of sounds like the relationship with self. <laughs> it's like that thing called the, you know, the kidnap, the kidnappee falls in love with the kidnapper. It's a weird little mental twist. It's happening all freaking day. And that's just an out, outside expression of it. We're in that condition most of the time. What has the self done to, for you lately? You should ask that question. <laughs> well, I got to be right a lot, <laughs> which led to me being alone. Woo! <laughs> I sure showed her. <laughs> Anyone have anything? Any question? Uh, yeah, we got Oliver K from Berlin. Oliver. Oliver K. Where's Oliver? Oh, there's Nina. Nice to see you, Nina. I always think Nina's from New York, but she's from Los Angeles. Hello. Uh, <clears throat> good day. Good evening uh, to everyone. Hello, Paul. Uh, thank you very much for your you know, perspective. And uh, uh, it is more than a refreshing, you know, in my recovery. And, uh, you know, but it's still very fresh. And I, I actually got a question that might sound a bit weird. We read in a big book about proper use of will. Uh, we read about uh, we hear, I don't think we read in the literature as much as we hear on the different meetings that, you know, there's the proper use of ego as well. You know, like, I don't know, not forgetting my car keys when I'm going to drive or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about self and selfing uh, in the same way right now. Is there like in any scenario proper use of would that some somehow of course yes of course there is of yeah. selfing yeah it's of course there is but who uh, does that then the you know of self is best is best used as the brush not as the artist yeah mm -hmm. yes so the idea of the individual that individuality used by the artist is quite can be quite beautiful and it also quite useful to others it's when the brush takes itself to be the artist is that's when things may go off yeah mm -hmm. so yes everything in its right proportion is fine it's all about a balance and there's an extreme imbalance uh concerning the reliance on the mental states yeah most people aren't relying on intuition. They're not relying on uh, silence. They're relying on what they're hearing all day. Yeah, and they're, what, they're relying on what they can be remembered as all day, which is a body, 
Yes, that's what we're relying on. We're relying on the intellect. We're relying on reason, like it talked about page 53. We have an abject faith in reasoning. Yeah? So all of these reliances promote certain experiences and conditions and circumstances and points of view and way we see things. And for a lot of us, those are sort of like a blindness. Yeah? So we're being led in the dark by the dark. Yeah? And we've gotten an underlying sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent that can't be avoided or denied. It has to be addressed. Yeah? Yeah? And usually the way I avoided it and denied it was by changing how I felt, getting loaded. Yeah? Yet it kept knocking on the door. <laughs> it needs to be addressed. So, and... It's like, you know, Hal, remember 2001, and Hal is, is helping the humans go on that mission, and yet Hal has a, a part of its programming is, if it thinks things aren't going right, it can override everything and take over, well, without telling the humans. <laughs> so basically, yeah, we've, we're relying on something that is a GPS, but it's failed, yeah? Yes? It's a GPS that can work about finding where the keys are. Yes. But it can't, uh, it can't be the one that you can't follow it to, to find happiness, joyousness, and freedom. Yeah? But it can be working. It can tell you, oh, I left my money there and do this. Yes, it has that ability. And it will respond to its name when it's called for lunch and shit. Yeah, it has its value. But when it's taken to be you, uh, it's above its pay scale, so to speak. <laughs> and it's definitely above its pay scale when it's seen as the center of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit daunting, you know. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, everything has its role here. Yeah. You giving everything the role it has is a mistake. Yeah. That would be sort of talking about will. Proper will is will directed by, let's say, the higher power. Yeah. In this example, improper use of will would be directed by a failed system. Yeah. Because the failed system will use the will to reinforce itself. Yeah. It uses the will. Will claimed by self is used to reinforce self. Yeah. Will surrendered over to the higher power, we know the results of that. Yeah. We start, we are able to live large and things become inclusive and we run into a lot of win-wins, not win-loses. Yeah. And, uh, and we recognize that we're losing interest in self and gaining interest in others. And we're looking at how we can contribute to life instead of what we can get from life. Yeah. So all this happens when the will is correctly directed. Yeah. That's my feeling. There's will because there seemingly is time. Yeah. There's time. So there, so there basically is... You have needs that are outside yourself, and there's will. There's there's a need of will to get those needs met. 
Like you need shelter, you need food, yeah? You need this. And so in this drama of living, time is a main ingredient, so will is what moves us, yeah? So that these things can be met. But that will is being directed by something other than will. Either what we call the higher power or spirit or by the mental state, yeah? Now we've had enough self-will experiences, we should be able to recognize the difference between the two. Yeah? Hopefully. If not, you will sooner or later because they're quite different. There's a quite different feeling of how you move through a day getting your needs met when directed by the higher power than how you move through the day getting your wants met by self. It's a totally different feeling of traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the eyes to see the difference, that's for sure. We just maybe need a simple understanding to help us get back to using our eyes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, something's working in this life because I start out the day content and satisfied. <laughs> It changes the route of the day pretty much because before I used to wake up completely dissatisfied and discontent and therefore the will was driving to take care of that business which it only promoted more discontent and dissatisfaction. <laughs> and I had great will to come up with a lot of money to get coke when I had no money. I mean, it was amazing how I could come up with 500 bucks starting out with no seed money whatsoever, just a, a fucking will running riot. <laughs> but did that will really reinforce my happiness, joy, and freedom? No, it didn't. It reinforced the bondage of self. Yeah, so... I think will is a part of us, and uh, it's up for grabs. Something's going to direct it. Yeah. Either your head calling it you or self or a higher power or grace or spirit or whatever you want to call it. But you're going to be directed one way or the other. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> That's why they use the term employer. To employ something is to use something. So an employer is going to use us. We have a new employer, meaning we have something new that's going to use us. And hopefully, by comparison the old with the new, we'll sort of lean towards the new. <laughs> because we did have an old employer, remember. To have a new employer, it implies there was an old employer. That old employer would be, let's say, self-will, let's say. Yes? Yeah. So the will is there. It's basically what's directing the will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And needs or wants are pretty interesting. Yeah. When it comes to needs, we should all be in a sense of satisfaction and contentment. But now most of us are, we're in the pursuit of wants. Yeah. And the wants, uh, I've seen people where I live, because it's a very rich area, flipped out just as much as the guy who has no place to stay is flipped out concerning buying their fourth house. 
So their needs are met. They're flipping out about once, yeah? And their want of the fourth house is causing them to flip out just as much as the guy looking around for that refrigerator box out on the street to try to sleep in that cardboard. Basically, the exact same feeling is being promoted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but, uh, you know, if the uh, main thing what selfing does is claiming. Is there any proper use of claiming, you know, as such? And that's what I meant uh, primarily. I don't see there's a proper use as claiming. It's nice to tell the truth about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's not you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know because the claiming is tricky. Because the claiming then goes into the world of my. And I don't think a lot of people get to be that happy, joyous, and free with a large world of my. Yeah. When it's my money, my this, my that. I don't think it promotes a, a sense of joy that much. I don't. Yeah? And I think we misclaim the behaviors driven by the disease as ours. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of claiming. Yeah. Because it's based on its old use i'm a little worried about its other its now use <laughs> because claiming has gone a long way in the bondage of self yeah i like the word my my in english uh represents a whole lot to me and uh, the my obviously is an act of claiming what comes after it yes it's inferring a sense of ownership so this is my problem, my house. Now, my, my girlfriend, Amelia, she's from Italy. So in Italian, they don't have that my as much, yeah? So when they go, uh, I'm going to have a coffee, they, they don't go, I'm going to have my coffee, yeah? I'm going to uh, go to bed. I'm not going to go to my bed, yeah? The English seems to have a lot of my in it, more than other languages. Yeah. So if you're listening to the head in English, there's a lot of assumed ownership and doership being thrown around all day. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, its effects can be quite limited. Yeah. If directed by self, really. Yeah. So uh, I don't know about the idea of claiming. It obviously has a possibility of having its role, but I think it needs to go under a long rehabilitation for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. Thank you so much, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, Oliver. And we have Steve D. Steve asking to unmute. Pardon, Paul, if I'm a little choppy here. If it gets to be too much, I'll. I'll it's okay. Give it. You're doing great, Jacob. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Steve, asking you to unmute. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. God bless you, man. I haven't spoke to you before. I've been here before. Um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I'm. You know, I've got some time under my belt um, 
for the last 18 months. I about 18 months ago, I went back to the beginning again because I felt like there was there was just something not right in my sobriety, and I wanted to go back to the beginning again and try and work it out. And I've spent about the last 18 months just not being out of I guess. I've gone back to the beginning again with my sponsor, not because I'm drinking, but because something's not working in my sobriety and and I can't seem to get to the bottom of it. And I, I you know, there's some bit of self, I don't know what it is, there's some splinter that's still stuck in me that's stopping me from getting across. I, I, I have a higher power, I have a relationship with that higher power, but just something is just not letting me surrender completely. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, you talk a lot about being on the other side of the arch, about being happy, joyous and free, but has there ever been any times in your sobriety where you did struggle and you did question and you did feel like you had to go backwards to try and go forward? And and Uh, what kind of experience did you have? because I'm, I'll be honest with you, Matt, I'm kind of, I'm beginning, I feel like I'm turning into one of those crazy guys with multiple years of sobriety under their belt that just wants to put a plastic bag over their head because I just can't seem to get through. I, yes. Well, have you, know, have you, uh, I hope my first suggestion usually is about uh, service, yeah. Because you need to get a, a real tactile sense of being out of self when this weather front is hanging over you seemingly, yeah? So I would always recommend a service, usually without, not to people you know, but to strangers, yeah? Do something to sort of get out of yourself in a way. That's the one thing I would do, first off. Also, the second thing is, This is a point of trusting the process, yeah? 18 months could be seen as a beginning, yeah? 18 months. you got a long way. There's a long, uh, there's a lot more that's going to go on, yeah? Sorry, Paul. Um, I've got 15 years sobriety, but I went back to step one again 18 months ago. And what I'm saying is in the last 18 months, I can't seem to get forward again and there's something stuck and i've got a good sponsor i go to meetings i try and help people i'm trying you know i get down on my knees i do my readings i'm just saying man is there something that has happened in your sobriety where you struggled and what did you do because i'm kind of i'm getting i'm feeling like i'm going backwards in my sobriety not forwards. well the only thing i can tell you with well it's the sobriety in my life was more about topics, sort of like uh, intimate relationships. These things, I was brought back to zero again and had to have things redone because of how I viewed uh, people. I I fell under the category of being incapable of having a viable relationship with another person. Yeah. At the beginning, that wasn't a primary a dilemma, but as I got sober and stayed sober, these things came up. And uh, I had a very strange uh, thing because with 
cocaine use and stuff, you get a lot of times you're, you're living mental uh, fascination. Yeah. It's a whole mental world you're living in. So a lot of the intimacy of sex became a mental fascination. Yeah. With yeah. other objects and getting them all lined up. And so I had this situation that I came with into the program with that was broken. That wasn't the biggest problem, but it showed itself up. And so I had to go through a lot with that whilst being sober. And I had in in the first few years, I had many uh, emotional hangovers, if you know what that means, where I would put my foot in my mouth and I would do something that I used to do a lot more when loaded and thought that when I stopped using that shit would stop and it would show back up. So I went through emotional hangovers and when you're going through those feelings and you're not taking anything to change how you feel, it's fucking heavy to me. It was, and so it taught me. And so I had to go, uh, I had basically had to go in a garage, get off the road when it came to relationships and to be worked on for a few years. And then people would meet me and say, you know, you're not available. And I said, I'm very clear about that. I'm not available right now. I'm fucking, you know, the, my little, my little, uh, car trips are fucking canceled until further, further notice. Yeah. And then after three years or so, I came back out and I got involved with someone and I could see things in a new light. Yeah. So I've had those events before. And then there was another one that was more, uh, I had this concerning this inability to have relationship with other people. When I really liked somebody, certain paranoia would come up every once in a while where I'd really fucking make an ass of myself. Mm. Yeah? And uh, I couldn't not say stupid shit. Yeah? And it used to be around holidays, so I'd blow, make an ass of myself, a real ass of myself, and, uh, and it would persist. I wouldn't give it up for about 12 or 16 hours or whatever. And this went on. It got, it got lesser and lesser, but I had given up hope. I figured I'm just not going to have relationships and shit, you know, because the idea of practicing these principles in all my affairs led me to realizing, uh, and if I can't limit my affairs, that was, I, w- I went to plan B. I was just going to limit my affairs because I couldn't pull it off. And, uh, you know, that went on for about 11 years into sobriety. And then it had a big moment where it cracked and it lost its power. Yeah. And I haven't had a, I haven't had it, a severe case of it now in 22 years. Yeah. So sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, bro. But, it's, it's not so much what the head is saying, it's the believing of the head, yeah? You've got to recognize that, the, that the, the disease is talking to you as you right now, yeah? And it's telling you, you, you can't, the final letting go isn't available. I think it's bullshit, really. But when it's being played out with someone, it can be quite real. But I'm telling you, 
in hindsight, I, I, I see that as the disease talking to us as us. Yeah. Nice. So I feel something may be readily available, but the head isn't going to allow you to notice that. You've got nice. to see you're not the head first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm struggling with, man. Week, with knowing it or not. I feel like it's going to bring you to that point where you'll see that which is telling you that you can't surrender is not you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do. So well, sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's slow, man. It was slow for me. I felt it was. This one time I had it with this lady uh, and I ran in... I had a I had a firsthand experience of sexual addiction. I had never had that. I had the alcoholism. I had drug addiction, and this one lady, I experienced sex addiction. I mean, I really got off on being with her horizontal to the point that it didn't matter that I knew better. It just overridden that. So the only solution for me was to go on a round the world trip. I swear to God. And then I'd be in Turkey in a in a coin phone and I was putting all my Turkish coins just to further the bullshit with her and it, it kept running out of coins and I was super fucking frustrated. The disease just wouldn't let it go. And when I got back to America after like six months, I re-engaged the first day. And then finally it led to this moment where it was broken and... Uh, and the perf the really important part was I hadn't drank or used. Yeah. So I stayed on the operating table, even though I was wiggling around a lot and I kept, kept fucking gulping the shit down. I didn't get off the table. Yeah. And that's the whole point. And then the, the fucking, let's say that that fever broke and I learned. And I, I lost interest in that, and I saw I had the trifecta. I had drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and one episode of sex addiction, which is more than enough. <laughs> so, yeah, sobriety has, has allowed a lot of stuff to come up and get reviewed. And one thing I've done throughout it all, I've never gotten loaded. That was the whole point. That's what allows the operation. It doesn't matter. No other condition matters. The sober condition matters. As the final say about the operating table. Getting up from the operating table is when an addict drinks and uses. Yep. Then there's a whole new group of doctors come in. And, it, and another operation goes on, which is quite, has a whole different intention than the other operation. Yeah. Mm. So just fucking don't get loaded. Stay on the operating table. Don't get up and don't play doctor. And it works out. Everything, everything can work out. Because like this great book, The Costs of Miracles says, everything here is a mistake. There are no sins. There's no absolutes here. Everything can change, yeah? So just don't change your sobriety date, and everything can change. Thanks, yes. man. That's Thank all you. I can God say. Bless you, man. have been through a lot of stuff over the years, yeah? A lot of stuff. Mostly it happened in the first, like, 11 years, 
and it's been pretty good sailing ever since for the other 22 years but I had a lot of physical conditions to deal with yeah I had abused my conditions that should have been taken care of for years I avoided them and I had a lot of bills to pay not financial bills but life bills to pay yeah yeah I had to make amends and a lot of other stuff uh yeah, and I needed a lot of correction. The way I looked at life was fucking ass backwards. And it and it uh, didn't all happen all at once. I got struck sober, but the recovery has been an ongoing event. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you, bro. And thanks for your attendance. And why don't you, you know, take advantage of the fellowship that we have here in other meetings, you know? talk about stuff because the disease loves us to be isolated and unique and we're not yeah so yeah take advantage of fellowship for sure god bless paul thank you thank you bro thanks for sharing yeah thank you steve and we have no other hands up uh would you like to say your goodbyes well, yeah, Jacob, I want to say something, you know, coming to the fact that I was incapable of having viable relationships, I have viable relationships now. Yeah. See, that's the beautiful thing. A lot of us don't get jettisoned into viable relationships. We have to admit uh, our, our sense of powerlessness concerning a lot of topics of life, yeah? And in that sense of admittance of powerlessness, something does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And we end up on the other side with a clear recognition that we were put in this place of neutrality. We didn't do ourselves into this place of neutrality. Yeah? So the honor and the gratitude goes to goes in the right direction. <laughs> and I'm very clear about that. And I'm also very clear that Paul has never given a talk. I'm serious. I show up as Paul, but something else comes through. Yeah. And Paul can be used as an example just as much as Rob and anyone else can be used as an example. Because Paul, as the action figure, had to go through an incredible overhaul concerning most topics of life, really. I didn't know how to take care of myself. I didn't, you know, you know, a lot of people have that experience or feeling disassociated from their body. That that was totally. I was. I had this terrible condition of my lower leg, and I didn't pay any attention to it, and it was just it was just blowing up like a helium balloon. I could just kept getting loaded. It was just, I was just trying to avoid everything at all costs. And, you know, it's not a viable uh, strategy. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've had to lay under the ta on the table and get corrected for years. A lot of stuff had to come under review. And it wasn't always comfortable. Yeah, it's not comfortable to realize you're a fraud. Yeah, it's not comfortable to realize that you've been trying to save your face instead of your ass 
because you thought your face was your ass. It's fucking uncomfortable to come to these truths, yeah? Like it says in the book, who wants to admit defeat? Yet, part of the solution here is admitting defeat. I think it's a huge part, yeah? And uh, so there's plenty of us that have gone through it and are going through it, and you can find connection and solidarity with us, with people in the program. We're all in the act of recovering, yeah? Yeah, so... You know, recovering our child, child, childlike attitude, recovering whatever it is. Yeah. So, thanks, bro. Thanks for your uh, participation. Yes. Yeah. And like they said, I'm seeing something in you that you may not see. So don't, yeah, don't let it get to some stupid fucking ending. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, bro? Yeah. Yes, Steve? Yeah, all right. All right, anyone? That's it, Jacob? Yeah, that's all the questions. Well, there's a power, there's a power here, yeah? Open up to that power. You know? You know, I'm so grateful. Just to be able to face life on life's terms a day at a time. That's like a huge miracle for us. Yeah. I mean, the, the you know, there's a lot of sayings we have, which was, you know, the problem isn't really drinking, it's living sober, really. That was the problem. I was, I, I did not believe I was up to the task. My head had me, it was so full of itself, but it was, uh, it had a very negative connotation. Yeah. I didn't really feel I could do much. And uh, I didn't know there were just a hundred forms of self-obsession. I didn't know feeling bad about yourself was being completely obsessed with self. I thought it was a natural response to your incapability and you are so fucking wrong for being incapable. Yeah, you should know better. All this and all that, I had no idea. All that shit had to be sorted out. And how is it going to be sorted out while I'm getting arrested and fucking, you know, kissing ass to get some fucking drug to get me a temporary relief. None of that can shit can get sorted out until this, this addiction to drugs and alcohol gets sorted out for most of us. Yeah. So now it's sorted out. And here comes the other stuff that was being held down based on all this fucking surface drama, fucking far out. I believe it comes up to be seen to be reclaimed and to be reused and to be vitalized by the grace that's available. So bring it on, man. I've seen, you know how much I had this girlfriend and I had uh, one of my father figures talking to Steve because of my father died when I was nine. One of my father figures as I was older was my Tai Chi master. Yeah. I really respected this guy, Joe. 
and uh, and then a, a girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend of mine, who actually brought me to AA, uh, which I hated, met him. I hated old people I knew meeting people. <laughs> I like to keep it. But she met him in L.A., and she told me that he told her that Paul was just a user, yeah, that he used people. And it hurt my feelings so fucking much, yeah. But did I drink? No, I didn't fucking drink. I stayed on the operating table. And, you know, it may seem like a trivial thing, but it meant so much to me to, to you know, to ha have this guy who I really, really loved and respected see me as a fucking parasite, as a user. Yeah. That rolled over me. Oh, tons of shit like that rolled over me. Yeah. But you just don't get up. You know, stay on the operating table. Yeah. And you know why? In a way, it's selfish. We're here to be of maximum use. We're not here to get great. We're here to be of maximum use. It's really not about us. The operation is, is for us in, in regards to others. Yeah? It's the relieving of self is for us to express that grace more fluidly in the honor of that grace to me. So, yeah, that's why I love the idea of service. It allows you to match an action with that kind of theme, yeah, that it's about being of maximum use, yeah. A byproduct is you'll get to be great <laughs> or whatever, but that's not the intent. The intent is to be of use. That's why we have a new employer. So, all right. Thank you, man. Thanks for everybody today. Let me say goodbye to everyone. Mike, as always, thanks for uh, the support. Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira, always a pleasure to see you. We got Owen from Ireland. Nice to see you, Owen. We got Steve D. Pleasure, Steve. Stay with us, bro. Yeah. We're all in this together. Mike. Nice to see you, Mike. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. I want a report of what you've been doing. Uh, all right. We got Rob Farr. Rob Farr, right next to Paul, my two UK characters. Nice to see you guys. Roman, holding up Germany for us. Always great. Fantastic to see you. We got Tommy. It's a blank thing. We got Nina, not Tina, not Mina. Nina, nice to see you. And a big creature behind you is walking around, just started laying down. We got Mike O. We got Walter from the Netherlands, the brother from another mother. We got Tim. We got Leah. Leah, as always, pleasure. Thanks for that nice uh, message, Leah. Jono, always a pleasure to see Jono. We got Kana from Dublin. Nice to see you, Kana. Carl, there he is. Jacob, thanks, say Jacob, for the service. Did a great job. Thanks, Paul. Farina, one of my favorite citizens that I thought were from Amsterdam or Netherlands is actually from Germany. Nice to see you.
We got Helen. Nice to see you, Helen. Yes, Helen is going to blossom like the spring flowers. <laughs> yes. You're not the gardener, Helen. Get your hands off those flowers. Yes, Kurt, nice to see you, Kurt, as always. Kaiser, as always. We got Anna R, nice to see you, Anna. Yes, Oliver K, another day of sobriety, hallelujah. We got uh, Anne under the title of Paul Hedeman. Well, Paul Hedeman hasn't looked as this good in years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we got a long set of numbers. Nice to see you there. We got Michael from Madeira, Steward, uh, Luis. Let's see. Uh, thank you, everyone. Anna R. Thanks, everybody. It's a really nice meeting today. Appreciate it. It's always a nice meeting. I've actually, it's an amazing batting average. I've enjoyed every meeting in this year or so. It's incredible, eh? Yeah, blows my mind. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. See you. I mean, Saturday, if non-duality or back again on, um, yeah, whatever. See you guys. Bye. Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And Jacob, go ahead and stop if you have the ability to do both. Make sure that works. Stop live stream. Yeah. And the recording at the bottom. Uh, my recording isn't read. At the very bottom where the chat and participants is, is there a stop recording option? No, you've got to do it on your end, Mike. Okay. So it doesn't work to switch the host then, huh? No. Oh, did you make me host? Yeah. Yeah, you're host. Is, are I you thought I was, co I was co-host. Yeah, I was co-host the whole time. But now you're know, host. Can you give me the recording? You're sure down at the bottom it doesn't give you the option to stop now? No, it just says record or, yeah. Yeah, can stop. you make Mike co-host, Jacob? Uh, I'll go ahead and stop. stop.